This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. What an exciting shootout at the Garden and two people finally speak. But what do they really say? We'll figure it out with you at 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at Gordon Damer at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM along with Jake the Snake and Jay Peasy. We're here until midnight. Then it's Freddie and Fitz on 98.7 ESPN in New York. Hey, Gordon. Now, were you talking about you and I? Because when you said that two people finally get a chance to speak, because I thought we are going to have a very early show tonight. And then the Rangers, they, they tie it up and then they – I thought that they were going to go ahead, not to be. They go to overtime, not to be. They go to the shootout for a long time, not to be. But they uh, they uh, get the job done. They did. Exciting uh, win. I was partially talking about us, and there's two oh. other people that a lot of people want to hear from <laughs> that finally right. spoke Oh, those well. guys. Yeah, yeah, those guys. Those yeah, guys. we'll talk about those guys. But, I mean, Gordon, I, I got to say, I was – uh, just peeking in because I, you know, I've got De- I got Islanders. I'm looking at. I'm peeking in on the Devils. I'm peeking in on the Rangers, and then I'm peeking in on the Rangers, and then I'm peeking. <laughs> then I'm in, then I'm locked in on the Rangers, and all all the you know mystery of, you know the goal. How quick is that for a uh, concussion examination? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> that was fast. I don't know what that process is, but it was. That was blue tent like in the NFL. Yeah. Right? Blue what tent. color is this? Blue. You're good. He's good. <laughs> yeah, He's good. good. He's coming back. How many fingers? Eight. All right. Well, yeah, yeah two hands. Close enough. <laughs> Give or take, you're good. Uh, get back out there. Uh, really exciting game, though. And what a way to uh, – Gordon, the shootout is the best thing they could do. No more ties. I like the five-minute overtime, three-on-three, and then the shootout. It was great. It was great. Yeah. You know what? I don't know. Maybe it's just I'm, I'm, I'm too self-centered. Uh, I mm-hmm. found myself, and I'm not a big hockey fan. I preface that every time. But this mm-hmm. was an exciting game. When it's exciting, I get into it. Yeah. I just am jealous. You know, the Knicks and the Rangers both play at Madison Square Garden. And, look, I'm not saying that the Rangers don't have down times. They do have down times. But it just seems like they are such a better run thing where you can tune in most nights. And tonight was a super exciting game and a super exciting win. And you just don't have that with the Knicks. And it's just frustrating. It's a little bit of jealousy, I think, what it is. Because you'd like to be able to say, you know what, I know that as the season wears on, my team is going to figure some things out, and it's almost like the Knicks are going in the opposite direction. I don't want to steal the conversation of the Knicks. We talked about them enough last night. We have a night off from them tonight, but that was what I was thinking watching the Rangers. No, we're going to talk some Knicks a little bit later. Oh, anyway, no. Gordon. Yeah, just a little <laughs> bit. Just, just, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Because Freddie and Fitz made a statement. Oh, really? uh, they must have been listening to, to us last night and the comment that I made to Spike because they asked, have the Knicks quit on Tom Thibodeau? I mean, obviously they would listen to us, so we'll, we'll get on that. We'll, we'll get on that point in a second. But he, he, here's what it is, Gordon. Here's why you feel that way. It's because this Rangers team, they don't have long losing streaks, right? When when they have an issue or something like that, uh, they they make the adjustment real quick and they just get right back on where they're supposed to be going. The Knicks just they, they just they, they've had a bad season. Right, the whole season has been bad for them. They've they've not corrected anything. Where you could say, "Hey, look, for the past five games, you know what? Maybe we got something going here." No, they haven't done it. That's why you're jealous. Yeah, and it just feels like. And again, I'm not a big hockey guy. I don't watch the Rangers in and out that 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 closely. But it feels like most seasons, 
you know, they put a pretty exciting, uh, a pretty exciting product on the ice. They put a pretty exciting uh, product on TV. Mm-hmm. And outside of last year with the Knicks, which it was an exciting product, and I thought that that was going to be the start of good things, that has not been the case with the with the Knicks. And, and the fact that they both play in the same arena, it just seems very odd that one's usually up and one's usually down. And this season is as down, I think, as you can be on the Knicks because the, the wins and losses aren't as bad as they have been in years past, but the expectations were there. I, I had some expectations for the first time in a while, and they've not been met. Plus, I think the Rangers draft better than the Knicks. <laughs> I think they probably do a whole bunch of. I, I'm not again knowledgeable enough you. to tell you what it is, you. but they're doing a, something a whole lot better. I mean, they seem to find guys all the time. Mm-hmm. They seem to have guys come up and play well and make deals that that bring people in, even when they make some shocking changes, like they made a couple of years ago that surprised some people. It seems to turn out, and they're turning out right now. They do a better job of bringing people together, Gordon. They do. And you know me, Larry. That's what I'm all about. Absolutely. No question about it. Well, I don't know if these guys are going to bring anybody together, but they <laughs> but they spoke today. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure they're not. Yeah. James Harden and Ben Simmons spoke to their uh, to their new team's respective media. Let's start with Ben Simmons because he was here in the Brooklyn. And obviously the big question has been about mental health with him and all the things. And, and before we hear from him, Gordon, let's be clear. This is a very serious subject about mental health, and we've heard a lot about it with athletes, especially over the past couple of years. Uh, I've done a number of shows on New York Sports and Beyond about it. So it's a serious situation. So I was very curious to hear how he was going to address it and answer it, and here's how he answered the question of mental health being a reason for the trade to Brooklyn. The mental health has nothing to do with just the trade. You know, It was was a bunch of things I was dealing with as a person in my personal life that I don't really want to go into depth to depth with, but yeah, I'm here now. So, you know, it's a blessing to be, you know, uh, in an organization like this. And, you know, I'm just looking forward to getting back on the floor and and building something great here. So it's going to be interesting to see how he responds, Gordon. And, you know, as he went on to talk, you could see that he had some real issues going on from what he alluded to. Didn't go into specifics, which I respect because that's private, but it really seemed like he was struggling. Yeah, you know, look, I know I don't know where to come down on this because obviously mental health, when it is a legitimate thing, is a serious thing. That's clear. But it does kind of feel like Ben Simmons has used this as a almost a cop out in some ways where he wants to have the shield of saying mental health when this was really about him being unhappy in a situation where he felt like he was scapegoated. And he was going to force his way out of town by any means necessary. And unfortunately, in sports, that uh, a lot of times is, is what you do. You just become as big of a distraction, as big of a pain in the neck as you can be, and you eventually get what you want. I am not the biggest Ben Simmons fan in the world. I will say, though, after watching him today, and, and in contrast to, to James Harden, I definitely feel like Ben Simmons mentally is in a better place in terms of his role and what went wrong in Philadelphia and turning the page than what I heard from from James Harden. So I'm hoping that, you know, because part of Ben Simmons' problem, and I don't know that this was necessarily the case before the trade happened, was on Ben Simmons. Like, there was reasons why people were blaming him for the way things went down in Philadelphia, and it didn't seem like until this trade happened, until we heard from him today, that he took any role in that whatsoever. I felt like he at least took some responsibility for his role. Maybe not all the responsibility because there's more than one person involved in the story, but I did feel a little bit better about where he is at moving forward than I did from James Harden. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. And 
I'm 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 kind of torn too, Gordon, because as I said, I've done so many shows on it. Sure, of on course, the mental health, and and so I'm torn. I I believe that that he did have some mental health issues, and and Gordon, I believe that that's why he didn't want to shoot the basketball and go to the free throw line. That's all part of it, right? That's all part of you know we think of it as, um, you know, stress and other things, but and in sports, it's it's so it, it's so. Uh, individually based is what I'm trying to say. It, it it happens to different people different ways, and and how and usually it seems to be the one common thing. If there is one common thing, pressure in big moments, how you deal with it. And it just sounded like, Gordon, when you go back and, you know, even though he indicated it's off the court, I think some of some of what happened on the court did not help matters. Did not help his situation, whatever he was going through. You know, the fact that he. Gordon wouldn't shoot the basketball because he didn't want to get fouled because he felt he was missing free throws. I mean, that's, that's pressure, man. That's big time pressure. Yeah, no, I mean, look, and uh, we all talk about who wins the trade, who loses the trade, and I'm sure that that's going to be something we'll focus on with this deal because this this deal's the story of the NBA season to me so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, more so than anything that's happened so far, this is the story of the season, that this deal went down with these guys involved. And to me, the biggest winner out of this deal is Ben Simmons. Because now he is, he has gotten what he wanted. He got out of Philadelphia, and he landed in as good a position as he could with, assuming that Kevin Durant is healthy. That's a guy that's going to make him better. Kevin Durant makes guys around him better. And mm-hmm. if Ben Simmons, forget about even the scoring aspect. If he just goes out and, and, and plays to 100% of what he does well, he is going to have a major impact, and the Nets are going to be a scary team. So I think he is a very big winner. I don't like it necessarily the way he went about it, but he got what he wanted, and I think he actually got better than he wanted. <laughs> he just wanted yeah. out of Philadelphia. He actually landed in a very good spot for him. So, Ben, what was the last straw in Philly? I don't think it was really that. It was more so it was just piled up, a bunch of things that have gone over the years to where I just knew I wasn't myself and I needed to get back in, into that place of you know being myself and, and being happy as a person and taking care of my well-being. The, that was the major thing for me. It wasn't about the basketball. It wasn't about the money, anything like that. You know, I want to be who I am and, and get back to you know playing basketball at that level and you know being myself. And, Gordon, you're absolutely right because he doesn't have to score here. No, all he's got to do is defend and push the push the basketball and facilitate the offense. Now, uh, and especially not just it. You know what's funny about this, Gordon? Yes, he, he. Of course, it helps him. But you look at what happened last night with the depth. You look at what Seth Curry brought to the table. Mm-hmm. You look at what um, you know the center they they got whose name just went out of my mind. Drummond. Uh, yeah, Drummond brought to the table with with the physicality and the paint that the Nets have been desperate for. Over the past couple seasons, uh, there's no question this trade makes them a better team. The other, the wild card here is going to be, you know, how often does Kyrie Irving play when you get to the postseason? Okay, because I think you'll still need need him to be that extra guy when you get to the postseason. When a lot of teams shorten their benches, you know what I mean, Gordon. So mm-hmm. th- that that's where it's going to really be. But there's no question you are a thousand percent right. He does not have to do the same issues that he had to do uh, when he was in Philly, although he better start working on his free throws because if he's on the court late in the game, Gordon, I'm going to foul him until until he proves he can hit him. And if he doesn't, then how do you take your best defensive player off the floor late in games in the postseason? 
Yeah. Well, I, I will say this. Like, if he comes in with the right, right frame of mind, which maybe is somewhat to a degree outside of his control, uh, I don't know. But if he does do that, I mean, he's got a prime opportunity to shut everybody up mm-hmm. and especially hurt the team that he feels let him down. I mean, he walks into a situation with a team that has legit. I mean, remember all the times we were talking about where's Ben Simmons going to go? Who's going to yeah. want Ben Simmons? Who's going to want that big time contract? Who's going to want this and who's going to want that? He's now with a team that when right, even even if Kyrie is not playing every game, even if he's playing 50% of the time, as long as Kevin Durant is back and healthy with the other mm-hmm. guys that they have around him, he has a real opportunity here to, to do some real damage. So uh, I like what I heard from him today. It's only words. I don't believe in winning the press conference is going to be about actions, and I'm sure that he said a lot of right. <laughs> I say a lot of right things when I start those diets on Monday. <laughs> and by Wednesday <laughs> night, I'm, I'm in the cabinet looking for a little chocolate. I'm looking for this and that. So it's all about him actually going out and carrying these things out whenever he does get on the court. We'll see. But um, I like a lot more what I heard from him today than, uh, than I heard from the other guy. Hey, Ben, what was the 76ers players' reaction to the deal? They were happy, you know, for me to just be in a different situation and, you know, for me to get back on the floor eventually. So, now overall, I think, you know, they they supported me well enough through this. Did you speak with Joel? No, I did not. No truth to the rumor that Joel drove him to the airport, Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Didn't – I don't get the sense that they're going to be exchanging Christmas cards, right? No, much like Durant and Harden. No. <laughs> well, according to James, him and Kyrie are very close friends. They're they're good mm-hmm. buddies, and yeah. um, so who knows? You never know, right? Last thing from Ben, he is a message to those questioning his mental health issues. They should be happy. I'm smiling, honestly. I've had some dark times over these last six months, um, and I'm just happy to be in this situation with this team um, and organization. So people are going to say what they want. They've said it the last six months, and I haven't come to – and it is what it is. So people are always going to have their own opinions. It's going to be interesting, Gordon. I, I can't wait to see uh, him get back on the court, what he's going to be able to do. I'm not sure when he's going to be able to get back. I mean, th- they're trying to set this up for a March 10th a winner-take-all. <laughs> Steel cage match down in in Philly between the uh, the Sixers and and the Nets. Uh, it, it is going to be interesting, and we'll hear what James Harden had to say and why you feel the way you do about what James Harden had to say. Plus, you guys get to weigh in as well. I mean, it wasn't planned like this. <laughs> Fourteen months ago, I, I didn't see myself in three different teams, but we are what we heard here today, and I'm happy. Last year has been a lot of ups and downs you know a lot of stress but whatever that's in the past i'm excited i'm healthy you know it's an opportunity of a lifetime james harden who spoke to the philadelphia media today on being on three teams in 14 months it's espn new york tonight on 987 espn hardestine damon till midnight and gordon that's uh that's not easy to do <laughs> no it is not he's done he it was though to do it yeah somehow it against all odds yeah he also was asked, Gordon, did Kyrie's vaccination status impact your trade request? Here's what Very minimal. And obviously, Kyrie, me and Kyrie are, are, are really good friends. You know, whatever he was going through or is still going through, that's his personal preference. Uh, but it definitely did impact the team because originally, you know, obviously me, Kyrie, and Katie on the court, you know, and winning covers up a lot of that stuff. But it was unfortunate that, you know, we played 16 games out of whatever it was, and it is what it is. But this is... You know, here in Philly is an opportunity that I'm looking forward to. See, here's the issue here, Gordon, and I don't deny 
because he hinted all through it, right? I wish I could give Kyrie the vaccine myself, so on and so forth. So we understood that that was, a, 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 that was part of his unhappiness. But see, what hurts him, and listen, he doesn't say that that was a major factor. He just says that that was, you know, he says no, but then he really says yes. He said yes, right. Exactly. Oh, minimally, that, right. So that's a yes. Yeah, so it really did. But what hurts him, because I think people could understand it in a sense, while, you know, Durant's out, now you got to mm-hmm. play and you got to do all this stuff. So I get that part of it. The bad part is when somebody said earlier, he don't like living in Brooklyn, he don't like the way the coaches are doing stuff, he doesn't like this stuff and that stuff and all this other type stuff. That's what really hurts him in this scenario. And it's, you know, he was on his way, Gordon, to turning the perception around a little bit, even though he left Houston the way he did because of how he played here last year, changed his game, was not the guy that was dribbling. You know, he was pushing the basketball a little bit. He was the guy that was facilitating the offense. He's the guy that came out in the finals and tried to play with the bad hamstring and everything after he'd been out. So he really had kind of turned his reputation around only to go back and show us the true beard this year. Yeah, uh, I I don't know, short of a championship, how that stain ever is removed from his resume. Begging out and demanding a trade from not only Houston, but then basically a year later uh, doing the same thing and basically quitting on the team again, you know, forcing their hand to get him off the team. I don't know how you overcome that without winning a title someplace. And even if you win a title, not that that removes all the stain, but at least – I think most people will kind of say, well, the ends justified the means. But without that title, even for a great player, a former MVP, I don't know how anybody doesn't think of that immediately when they think back to his career. Absolutely. And uh, this next comment about Philadelphia doesn't help him. Here's what he had to say. Originally, when I was going through everything I was going through, you know, in Houston, Philly was my, you know, my first choice. It just didn't happen. So, you know, but just detailed, I don't really want to get into you know, the Brooklyn situation. I just knew, you know, for a very long time, this was a, a perfect fit. And obviously you got a, a, a big man, the best big man in the league and Joel. And then obviously the coaching, just from top to bottom, it made sense. And I'm just happy and, and, and blessed that I'm here. That's Doc and, and everybody knows and everybody wants is, is to win and be the last team standing. So um, I'm excited for the opportunity. So Gordon, here's my question. Why then agree to go to Brooklyn? Stay in Houston, make mm. them do the deal with Philly. Yeah, oh, I think then it's because he, I think it's because he's lying, Larry. I think, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm wondering, based on how Philadelphia played tonight and got hammered by basically 50 points, if he's already requested a trade to the Boston Celtics. Yeah, that would I mean that would be a new record for James, but it wouldn't be unheard of. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. And they're not going to have any relief until after the All Star break when he is supposed to be ready to go. Interesting comments from him on player empowerment in the league. For the most part, we can control our own destiny. Not that I'm saying it's a good thing or bad thing, but I know in my situation, for whatever reason, it was mutual and the relationship new with Josh, but obviously knowing Daryl, knowing Tad, you know, from my Houston days, knowing Doc. For me, it just it, it made sense, man. It's, it's a time where I needed to be around the guys that I know that want to win and know that they are willing to do whatever it takes to win. And the structure here is, is unbelievable. That's the goal, man. That's the goal. Like Daryl said, the opportunity to window is now. Joel is playing the best he's ever played. You know, so my job is to come out there and, and help him and help the entire team win the championship this year and years going forward. Better be this year, my friend. You need yeah. to do it. You need to get it done right now. Because, uh, by the way, Gordon, he has not exercised, you know, he still has not 
said he was going to stay. He could leave at be a free agent at the end of the season. I have so many problems with that last cut. I could, I feel like we could do the whole show just on that. I will agree mm-hmm. with him on one thing. It is the, it's on the play. I mean, the players, when you're a star player like James Harden or like a Ben, even a Ben Simmons, who I don't think is a top 10, top 20, maybe he's top 25, top 30. When you're that top level of star player, not even superstar, you do kind of control your fate. Uh, mm-hmm. And that that has been proven. Now that might be good, might be bad. In some cases, it might be good. I think this is one of the uglier sides of it because James. Well, he can say that it was a mutual thing. It was a mutual thing because you quit on the team. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I said, let's get something for him uh, rather than get nothing for him. So, but I don't know that that's, I don't think that that's what mutual means. No. Um, <laughs> Not generally. Well, well, you know what, Gordon? It, it's mutual in this sense. I got a headache. I'll trade my headache for your headache because neither one of them are doing either one of us any good. So in this case, <laughs> it was mutual. But no, you're absolutely right. It's it's the ability to find a way to force your way out. I just don't understand how come nobody wants to force their way out to come to the Knicks. It would be nice. It would, <laughs> it would, so, it would solve a lot of headaches. Fans watching the team, their headaches. <laughs> exactly. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. At 1-800-919-3776 and also on Twitter. Gordon, I got to tell you, uh, this scenario with player empowerment and how they've been able to kind of manipulate situations in, in this case and also in trying to line themselves up where they can recruit other players, I'm very curious to see how owners are going to try to address this. Because like all sports, right, you always make that move when the contract is up between you, between the owners and the players. I mean, you look at what's happening with the lockout now. I mean, the last (laughs) – when I heard what the owners asked for with the last uh, negotiations, there may not be baseball till August. (laughs) Doesn't seem great, right? No, it doesn't. So I'm really curious to see what the owners are going to try to do because – yeah, when James Harden said, you know, I'm not saying it's good or bad, if the owners perceive it to be bad, and if you're on the other end, let's say you're Houston, right? You've lost, you know, money because of the fact that you don't have James Harden in, in you know, in your arena. Uh, I'm very curious to see what the owners are going to try to do to kind of reverse this, to put a to put a, a reversal on this, to put a handle on this, because the players are going to want something. And the question's going to be, what are they going to have to give up? It might be something like this, some of that power, if owners feel that there's too much power going on. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like the owners in the NBA um, take a, a wider view in some ways that they realize that all the attention that these kind of moves create are good for the league. It's good for the interest. I mean, you take a look at the NBA trade deadline. It was uh, the the buzz was everywhere on Twitter, online, all these different things, all these different avenues that the that the NBA is trying to reach the younger viewer. So maybe they might take kind of a view of this is actually well, it might not be good for individual teams to be losing star players who they thought that they were building their franchise around. Overall, for the for the attention of the league, I, I said before, right? I think this is the story of the NBA season so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe maybe the owners take a little bit of a wider view that they they realize that maybe this type of stuff and the attention that free agency and trades and all these type of things happen uh, is actually good for them. And and the other thing I'd say is 
the owners kind of have it in their power if they if they wanted to to say, hey, you know what, you don't want to play for me, you won't play anywhere. But they don't. They always back down and they always give in. So yeah. uh, I, I guess maybe they've kind of made their their peace with it. It seems that way, right? It it just I'm just fascinated by it because you say you know you're right. You're not wrong to say that this is the story of the season. Ben Simmons was the story of the offseason. I mean, it this was. Ben Simmons yep, saga sure. has lasted from the time they got ousted from the postseason. So, and where's he going to go? And the fact, Gordon, and this is rare for an athlete, for him to say, you know what? I'm not playing. Guess mm-hmm. what? I'm not playing for you. Normally there's a, we'll give in, we'll come up to some reason, we'll play, and but you agree to move me. He's like, I'm not even coming to the, I'm not even coming to the facility to be able to do that. I mean, this is a rare case. Yeah, uh, and again, you know, if this were a, a superstar player, it wouldn't be nearly as shocking because mm-hmm. the NBA, the star player, there's a there's a greater tendency for the star to win in the NBA than in other sports. But uh, he's a star player, but I don't think he's a superstar player. But he mm-hmm. he got what he wanted, and I, and as I said before, I think he got better than what he wanted. I think he actually, I I don't think he could have dreamed that it would have worked out this well for him, ending up in Brooklyn with a team that, if right can go to an NBA finals and win a championship this year. Yeah, he is, you know, he it's real it's funny, it's really on him and it's on James Harden to prove what they have to prove that they can persevere and show that they are better than how they last left their their previous place, right? With Ben Simmons it's okay, will he get over the fact that he doesn't want to score and and shoot the ball and go to the free throw line late in games. For James Harden, Gordon, the question is still out. Can he win the championship? Is he the guy, is is he still, you know, the guy that dribbles between his legs that we saw, you know, slowing the game down and just going one-on-one that he was in Houston? He didn't look that way with the Nets, but he didn't didn't make people around him better with the Nets, and that's going to be his big challenge. Right now he is like Peyton Manning, right, before Peyton Manning won the ring. He is one of the top scorers in the regular season in the NBA. In the postseason, he's lacking. He still hasn't shown that he could take that next step. And I think Harden's in a terrible spot in that he has to win. He has to win, and he almost has to win this year or next year. I mean, he has to win almost immediately. He's going someplace where he's replacing an incredibly unpopular player in Simmons. So the the natural thing is that he's going to be very popular to start. But there's mm-hmm. high expectations. I think Sixer fans now think this is the missing piece, that they're now going to, to go to a, at least a conference finals, if not an NBA finals. And I think Harden is, un, is under unbelievable pressure. It's probably more pressure than he's faced in his career. And we have seen in the past he has not dealt well with that pressure. He has not. And let's face it, he's, you know, you go back to – for me, Gordon, if you can't win – with Chris Paul. And I understand that Chris Paul has not won the title either. Okay. But when you when you're in the backcourt with a guy who is as tremendous a point guard as you can think of with uh in Chris Paul and you can't find a way to win with him, I mean that, that's tough. I'm just that's tough. It says a lot more about you than it does about him. You know, and I get the I get the injuries. I get that he was hurt in the game, but you know, they had that game. They could have beaten Golden State that year, Gordon, they could have beaten them. Absolutely. They were there building. for the taking. 
They it was were in their building. You, mm-hmm. you can't shoot what, the, the, all for twenty one of them. Oh my god! I can't, yeah, I don't. What was it? I, I don't even remember what it was at the end. It, it was. was oh, it was brutal. brutal. <laughs> it was over forever. <laughs> yeah, it was. They, they couldn't buy one. Nobody could buy one. No. And he's still no. dribbling. The same move between his legs. Step back mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know nothing. Nothing. So yeah, twenty seven straight. Thank you, JP. It, it's it's. Yeah, it was it, bad. Oh. I was, that was loving bad. every minute. Of it. I, I I blocked it out of my mind. It's like a car wreck that you were involved in. You know, it's mm-hmm. like you just kind of block it out of your mind because it was just that bad. And and now he's going to a place where, you know, with with Ben Simmons going to Brooklyn, I don't think that anybody if the if the Nets don't win, I don't think anybody is going to blame Ben Simmons. Right. It's going to be on KD. It's going to be on Kyrie. It's going to be on you know different things. I don't think it's going to be on Ben Simmons. If Harden doesn't win in Philadelphia, man. It's on Harden. It's on Harden. Because on Harden. also Embiid is an incredibly popular player. So yes, I don't think is. that they're going to hammer him. And he's one of theirs. This is yeah. Harden who was brought in as a, as, a, as a mercenary. Plus, look how he's played this year, Gordon. I mean, Embiid is arguably an MVP candidate. Yeah, he, he's, I, 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 don't, I haven't checked it recently, but he was the leading uh, in terms of the betting public. He was number one. You know, so you look at – and listen, <laughs> Ben Simmons is – Ben Simmons is, is just flying under the radar here. If the Nets don't win, it, it's it's going to be Kyrie that they blame. Yeah, probably, yeah. Probably. <laughs> it's going to be Kyrie. It's no question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, I think that I think that's a safer bet than the Embiid for MVP vote, right? I mean, yeah, I think that be, that's it's going to uh, be Kyrie. Yeah, There's no doubt about it. No question in my mind. That's what it's going to be. Well, Gordon, it's going to be interesting tomorrow night because you know the Nets with their new crew are going to come into the Garden and face the Knicks who have been struggling and struggling and struggling. In the last game for the Knicks before the All-Star break, the Nets have another game the night after. They have Washington with uh, Christoph Porzingis. Uh, so that's going to be intriguing. But... Always fun when he's back home, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's always fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, Freddie and Fitz had an interesting comment about the Knicks and Tom Thibodeau. We'll hear what they had to say next on 987 ESPN. Get down! It's ESPN New York tonight. Hardesty and Damer till midnight. Gordon, you know what? Before we get to uh, Freddie and Fitz on the Knicks, listen, and this is no knock because they do a tremendous job. Uh, Kevin Harlan, Ian Eagle, Brian Anderson, they do a great job. Great job on TNT calling the games. I got to tell you, I miss Marv a little bit. I miss him I mean, come on. It's, it's something that you have... It's been, it's not even you grew up with. It's been there your entire life. I found him. Right. <laughs> he was of there. Of course. I, <laughs> I found Marv. I kind of miss him. Yeah, of course. I, that makes sense. You know, I know he was, you know, he had his time and I, I respect him. You know, he went out on top. You know, it's not easy, especially in our business, Gordon. You don't always yeah, have no. a chance. <laughs> yeah, you got to leave on your own. That's, that's beautiful. <laughs> that's rare. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't happen every day. <laughs> no. no. No, it does not. You know, but I just, I just, you know, like I said, they do a great job. Just kind of miss, I'm missing the yes. I'm kind of missing the yes. You know, I am. I am. Uh, last night, Freddie and Fitz was uh, talking a little bit about the Knicks quitting on Thibodeau. Here's what they had to say. You think they quit on the coach? I think they have. To be completely wow. honest with you. One it, year it, removed from damn near yeah. a parade. It seems like they don't want to play for him in terms of mentally they've checked out on him. And I've seen it way too many times where they have big leads early and they've let it loose. They had a big lead on the Lakers. Let it go. They had a big lead on Golden State. Almost lost that one. 
You lose to an Oklahoma City Thunder team. I know it's the NBA, but come on now. I'm just going by my eyes. Tell me. 25 and 33, 13 and 16 at home. There's no way with their talent they should have 25 wins and 33 losses. Now, Gordon, I love I love our colleagues, Freddie and Fitz. I do. And I understand that great minds think alike. But, Gordon, didn't I have this same conversation with Spike last night? Yeah, you did. You did. That did come up. It's, it's gonna come. It seems like it's coming up quite a bit lately because of the way that the Knicks have been playing, and the way they're not responding to their head coach, the way they responded to him last year. And you know what? This is, and we talked about it, and we talked about it, which is why you know we had some other options we preferred over him going into it. So it's not a second guess, but he's a he's one of those coaches that he has a short shelf life. You know, five-year contract, we said from the, he's not going to be here five years. No. He's, he's no. not going to be here five years. All right? No, he will not. Uh, next year is probably going to be his last year here, Gordon, because he's so harsh. And the thing that I really wanted to find out was because he had been out of work as a head coach for a while and because he had gone to different, you know, while he was working for us for a while, he had gone to different teams and watched how coaches did their practices and watched their, you know, watched how they they handled their programs to make to see if he needed to make some adjustments so he could get back into the role of being, you know, uh, hireable for lack of a better phrase. And I don't see what adjustments he's made, Gordon. From this is the same Tom Thibodeau that we saw before. And yes, we were happy with him last year, and he did a great job last year. There's nope, and he was rewarded as such. And we knew that this was going to be the tough thing, was going to the next level. Now, has he been helped by what the front office has given him as players? No, he has not. But the things that he can control, it's just what I always say about quarterbacks in the NFL. They can't control who's on the team or on the field with them, but they can control when they throw the football, as a, the decisions they make, they can control. And the decisions he's making, Gordon, he can control. As a head coach, your job is to make adjustments. When things aren't working, you don't continue to do the same thing. And he has continued to run out the same lineup over and over again, despite the fact that this starting rotation has not worked at all this season for more than two games. All right, they haven't worked. And he hasn't made adjustments in what on how his bench uh, rotation goes other than injury. I'm just saying, Gordon, his job is supposed to give his team the best possibility to win. He's not done it. He just hasn't done it. No, it's not. It's, this is not a season you're going to be putting on your resume uh, if you're Tom Thibodeau. And unfortunately, uh, with the way the season's going, you might need a resume very soon because mm-hmm. the, we know with the Knicks, if you last two years as the head coach, you're doing something. I mean, I don't remember. Who was the last guy that lasted more than two years as wow. a Nick coach? Wow. Man. More than two years. Somebody who lasted three seasons. I have to go. I don't back know. To, um, <laughs> it might have been. It might have been like Don Shaney or, no, or no. I got to go mean, back to um, Van Gundy. Uh, no, after Van Gundy, who was coached the Knicks when Mello was here, when they Lenny got to Wilkins? the postseason. Uh, Larry Mike Brown, Mike Woodson. Isaiah, Mike Woodson, D'Antoni. D'Antoni. <laughs> Probably Mike Woodson, I would think. Mike Woodson. Yeah, did he I last three seasons? I think he did. And then it wasn't the third three season full was, seasons though? Was it? Um. I don't remember. I'm almost. Uh, I mean, it doesn't sure. feel like anybody ever lasts three seasons with the no. Knicks. 
Which is which is the other problem, right? Because yeah. you want to have some continuity, and that's how you build the continuity is to keep the same coach. But you know the record is so bad, you don't. How can you do it? How can you know. do it? Yeah, I mean it's not it's not it's not been a good uh, a good season for him. I, I will disagree with them as well that the Knicks have this so much more talent than their record indicates. Their record should be better. Tibbs has not done a good job this year. I don't know that their record should be all that much better than this. No, especially when Derrick Rose went out. Right. I don't think that they're that good of a team. I didn't think no. that they were that. That was the thing that was shocking last year was not just that they were the fourth seed. It was a season where we went into most realistic people didn't think that they were going to be, you know, if they were a playoff team, they were going to be in the play-in tournament. Maybe they, maybe they win one of those games and they get into the top eight, maybe. Mm-hmm. But this year it has, it has exposed that last year was this complete kind of fluke. Yeah. So I think I think if you look at this team between last year and this year, this year is much more indicative to me of who the Knicks are than last year was. Right. You could and, you could run it through a hundred times, you're not going to get another year like you got last year. No, no, not with that crew. No. <laughs> this this season, you if you run it through a hundred times on the computer, I think that the you the simulations will end up much closer to this than that. I agree with you. I agree with you. It, it'll be closer. They they might, you know, win a game or two here. Uh, maybe a game or two extra because of free throw shooting or because of something mm-hmm. late. So they might they might be skewed a little bit, but not substantially. Listen, they're, they're not a fourth seed this year, no matter what they do. No, they're, they're not a fourth seed this year. <laughs> they could start cutting out teams, and they're not gonna. They could start disbanding teams, and they're not gonna get to four. Exactly, and like you've said previously, Gordon, you look at them. Their record. This is what we. This is this is where we thought they were going to be last Absolutely. year. Two games out of the tenth spot. We'd have been happy two games out of the 10th spot. Oh, I mean, that's right within striking distance of what you thought. Yeah. I just think that really it comes. And and again, this is not to excuse Tibbs in any way, but I just don't really want to go down. The other part of it is, is like, who are the Knicks to quit on anybody? Like, who are these guys? These guys are quitting on you, which again, it's a star driven league. We just got done saying that with Harden and and Simmons. Mm -hmm. So you do kind of have to cater to the players and make sure that they're invested in all these type of things. But Again, like if it were, a, if you had a superstar that was checked out because the coach was too hard, or the the the, the path that he was was taking the team didn't mesh with the team. Okay, fine. Who are these guys to quit on anybody? Yeah, they've tuned him out. Yeah, it does seem that way. You know, and and so the question is, you know what? I'm playing forty plus minutes, right? And Julius Randle gets to dribble the ball and throw it into the. <laughs> into the third row, and he continues to play. See what I'm saying, Gordon? That's Mm -hmm. the issue. He continues to play. He can have seven turnovers. His minutes continue to be high. Gordon, if Obi Toppin had seven turnovers, he wouldn't play for a week. (laughs) He wouldn't play for a week. Oh, he barely plays now. <laughs> exactly. And if he had seven turnovers, you'd never oh, see him. You'd be wondering you'd never where he see was. Him again. He, would, he would be on the back of the milk carton, right? You know, so that's the issue. And listen, I understand, and I understand, and people think about, well, Larry, you know, it's not fair, fair, you know, all that stuff. I get it. And I understand that the level, your level of talent, it's not fair because of your level of talent. You're given more ways, more opportunities to fail than everybody else because of your talent level. But, I mean, Gordon, that has been – the consistent, as good as he was last year, he even had that same situation last year. That has been his continual thing, is handling the ball and turning it over in key moments. And as a head coach, 
you can't, you should not allow him to continue to do that. Why does he have the ball in key moments in games? It, it seems like Tibbs, we were talking, you were saying before about what lessons did Tibbs learn in his time away. It feels like the lesson that he learned is that whoever my superstar, I am going to do whatever I have to do to, to attach myself to that guy. I'm going to let, let him do whatever he wants and go down with the ship. And we've seen last year it worked great. This year, not so much. We'll find out tomorrow if we have another one of those games where they have a big lead and then it just disappears. And we'll hear Julius Randle talk about what's happening late in games and the issues defense and so on and so on and so on and so forth. And he's not wrong, but, you know, the other issue is things need to change and you can't continue to do the same thing and expect a different result. It just doesn't work that way. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.